heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Friday, March 5th, Ian Cameron with you. It might only be the Ice Guy today, uh, with just uh, yours truly, Osola Mio, on the show uh, for this Friday edition. Uh, Jimmy Murphy might be along. Alex B. Smith will be back probably tomorrow for our Saturday show. A reminder that we are on seven days a week. We break down every NHL game throughout the course of the season. Every game from a betting perspective, seven days a week. Monday to Friday, we record live at 2 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern on weekends, a little earlier, uh, in case there's any afternoon hockey games. But, yeah, we have you covered throughout the course of the NHL season, uh, every single game from a betting perspective. Uh, there's a couple of NHL, uh, or a couple of hockey stories, I should say, that we should talk about before we break down the Friday card. Besides the Friday NHL, a uh, betting card only has six games, so it's a bit of a shorter card as it often is on Friday. Uh, obviously, we have to talk about the passing of the late, great Walter Gretzky, father of the great one, uh, Wayne Gretzky. Very, very sad news. There is not a single solitary soul that I've heard of, seen, talked to uh, about Walter Gretzky past, present, and I'm sure uh, in the future as well that said a bad word about the man. Why would you? Uh, very happy, very uh, giving person, uh, someone that uh, was always you know, taking an interest in your life, the and others, you know, not only was he that and quote unquote, as everybody has called him Canada's hockey dad after his passing last night, but, you know, one of those people that, you know, when he lent an ear and he was at the youth hockey camps and attended all these different youth hockey games during the course of his life, you know, he would sit down with the kids, sit down with the parents of the kids. And when he, listen to these to the parents and the kids it wasn't just you know listening to them because he wanted to be nice he actually took a genuine interest in the other people he really did i mean he was legitimately interested he cared about what was going on in the lives of these kids and the parents trying to get their kids into uh, hockey and at some point and he was just always willing to give advice willing to give tips i never met walter but i have a good friend of mine that i've known for a very long time you know he actually uh, has a picture and he posted a picture of him on, on Facebook today. Uh, and he was always, you know, willing to take a picture, willing to talk for a few minutes, give 
uh, good, give advice. Uh, just that person that, and parents are like that with their kids, especially the, you know, the, the, the parents of kids that want to get into hockey, you know, they're extreme. They'll, they'll bend over backwards to do anything to assist their children. You know, whether it's give them advice, whether it's, you know, pay for equipment, pay for, you know, taking them, to, uh, driving them to the rink. You know, we know all the things that parents do for their kids that are trying to play hockey. It's, you know, you give your time, you, you spend a lot of money uh, to put your kids through hockey. And of course, Walter did that for uh, Wayne. Uh, no question about that. But he was just always around the kids, always interested in helping grow the game, grow the sport, get kids involved in hockey. Uh, all kinds of great stories about Walter Gretzky, including a great one that I retweeted on Twitter today about how he apparently approached a, 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 a group of people that were eating at the Walter Gre uh, at the Wayne Gretzky restaurant in Toronto, you know, back in the 90s. They didn't know it was Wayne Gretzky's father, you know, when this older gentleman's approaching the table, you know, and all of a sudden he just starts a conversation with them and they end up talking about hockey. He sits down with them. He talks about them and, then they only found out and then he offered after the conversation to send them a, 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 some autographs, a, you know, a little bit of a, a care package of some kind. Uh, and the whole time that conversation they have with Walter Gretzky, they have no clue who he is. They have no clue. He's Walter Gretzky. They have no clue. He's the father of Wayne Gretzky. And then the next thing, you know, he follows through and arriving at their door just a few weeks later is that package that he said he was going to send the, to them and that's where it's revealed to them that it was Walter Gretzky and they had no idea. And to this day, I mean, they were just blown away by his sincerity, uh, his generosity, you know, willing to hear and actually care about, you know, family events with the people that he sat down to talk to in the restaurant that day. Just, you know, incredible stories left and right. And uh, definitely uh, rest in peace to Walter Gretzky, a truly great man. Uh, speaking of truly great men, uh, Jimmy Murphy has decided to, uh, to come on and join me here on this uh, Friday show. Uh, so th there you go, Jimmy. I've given you a great compliment here. What Thanks. can I say? Jimmy, uh, welcome, on, welcome on board. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of these hockey stories. Yeah, it, it was a huge night in terms of all of a sudden late-breaking news in terms <laughs> yeah. of hockey. But certainly the passing of Walter Gretzky is one of those things, Jimmy. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the same kind of recollections and uh, accounts yeah. about Walter as a man, as uh, mostly everybody that's come in contact with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I never, uh, unfortunately, had the pleasure of meeting him, but I know so many people like you do that did, uh, some that knew him very well. And, and you know, one thing I, I always remembered was, uh, actually, this was from Wayne, from somebody that knew Wayne pretty well, um, was that, you know, Wayne always was grateful to Walter for the way that he kept him grounded. So when Wayne started to blow up, you know, Wayne was just, you know, the prodigy, the next, the, he, he was the great one, you know, and when he was coming in the league, the hype, everything, you know, all these kids deal with it. We see it now with the Crosby's, Ovechkin's coming in and now McDavid's, the Eichel's, the Matthews, you know, so much hype around these guys, so many cameras always in their face, so much being written about them. And now with social media and everything, I mean, Wayne didn't have to deal with that, but he gave him credit for grounding him. You know, there's times where you said, look, I, I felt sometimes maybe my head was expanding a little too much and I was getting a little too full of myself. And my dad would always bring me back down earth and, and just remind me how lucky I was to be playing the greatest game on earth and to be doing what I love and getting paid millions for it. So um, just, you know, that right there to me defines what, why they call him Canada's hockey dad. I mean, he, he was just that, that hockey dad, that guy who was going to, 
carry his son along or his sons and um, really just mentor them on and off the ice, but also remind them that, hey, be you know, feel grateful for everything you have. And, and obviously, Walter worked his way up in life and uh, went through a lot. I mean, he almost died. He was in a coma earlier in life uh, from a work accident. Uh, so just an inspirational story and, and, you know, rest in peace to him and, and my thoughts and my condolences go out, um, to the Gretzky family and everyone that was affected by Walter, uh, during the course of his 82 years on this earth. Yeah. And you know what? It's not easy for some people to be outgoing and, 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 and be the one to spark a conversation with a stranger. Walter Gretzky did that all the time. I, I keep hearing from people that he's, he was a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan. He attended yep. so many Leaf <laughs> games uh, over the years, uh, tons of them. You know, even when his health was starting to fail, there's yeah. Walter still going to the uh, Scotiabank Center, Arena, uh, then yeah. Air Canada Center, and there he is going to Leaf games. And there he is. He's in his usual seat, and it didn't matter who's around him, whether it's people that were, have been there in previous games or just strangers that he's seeing for the first time. There he is striking up conversation with people all around him, you know, yep. and just, you know, and getting people involved and he was an ambassador about their lives. And that. it's just unbelievable. Yeah. An ambassador for the game, for sure. Uh, yeah. Not just for his son, uh, but I mean, more so for the game and, you know, want to be, I mean, it's, you know, be a shame if he, if he finally was about to see the Leafs uh, hoist the cup and he misses it, but you know what? I'm sure they'll honor him if they, if they do. And, you know, he's always there, like you said, in his roots jacket, uh, that he loved so much were everywhere. So uh, he'll be missed for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, no question. Rest in peace to uh, Walter Gretzky. Uh, but you know, the, the silver lining in all this, we lose him and, and he's, and he's gone now, but he's not suffering anymore. That's yeah. I think the thing that you can uh, take yeah. a mollus with. Is that I'll not say out there too, anymore. you know, Ian, I know some of our viewers out there too. Uh, I mean, I've lost my dad. I lost him seven years ago. And I'm sure some of our viewers have been through that as well. And it, it never gets easy. In fact, it, it gets worse. Um, luckily for Wayne, he's got so many people around him and, and so many people to help him. Just think of the memories. And, that, and that's the biggest thing, right? I mean, that's that's what he's going to need and his family's going to need going through this right now is just talking about memories and, and laughs. You know, like think of all the funny times. That that Anytime I start to miss my dad and I get upset about that's what I do. I, I, I think of jokes he yeah. used to play on my, on my mother and stuff. So – you know, it, it's tough. It really is. And we forget the human element of the game sometimes. And we forget that these guys, even though they may be superstars, they're all humans. And right now, like any human being would go through, Wayne's going through a lot after losing his dad. Yeah, uh, no question. Uh, so, uh, And, yeah, he had Parkinson's disease. That was pretty much well known. Uh, he was battling that for a very long time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, he still lived a very good life. And uh, condolences definitely uh, to the Gretzky family. Uh, the other piece of big news as we sh uh, shift gears a little bit here, as we go, this is actually hockey related in terms of the NHL, uh, a bombshell dropped, and, you know, late last night that the Calgary Flames are making a coaching change. Uh, Jeff Ward out even after they pulverized Ottawa uh, seven to three last night and Daryl Sutter. Yes. Daryl Sutter that a few years ago in an interview on Sportsnet said he was done with coaching. You know, apparently not. <laughs> he is back. Uh, Daryl Sutter, the head coach of the Calgary Flames, back coaching the Flames for a second time. You remember he was there in the early 2000s. In fact, just a couple of goals away from a Stanley Cup championship with Calgary in that thrilling seven-game series with the Tampa Bay Lightning back in 2004. Remember Jerome McGinley, uh, Mika Kiprasov in goal, uh, those Flames teams way back in the day. 
uh, Craig Conroy. I mean, I'm going that we're going way back in time talking about those uh, Calgary Flames teams. But yeah, uh, Daryl Sutter back with the Calgary Flames. Of course, in between this stint that he's about to start with the Flames and the previous one was the incredible run with the Kings in LA, including two Stanley Cup championships, a great successful tenure there. Um, this is being done because I think it's a wake-up call. The source is close to Calgary, all the insiders, everybody close to the situation. Eric Francis always uh, covers the flames there uh, in Calgary. Uh, they're all talking the same thing. This is a wake-up call hire, or that's the intention of it for the Calgary Flames because they said the work ethic is slacked off. People are screwing around too much. You, you saw it at the beginning of the Ottawa game the other night in Ottawa. They're screwing around in the pregame skate there. You know, yeah. firing pots, hitting each other in the head, not paying attention. That doesn't look like a team that's locked in when you're seeing stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, at, at that point, it's just, yeah, we got to get these people, uh, this these players on this Flames team, snap to attention, get the work ethic up. We're slacking off in that regard. And this is where Daryl Sutter comes in. And the most exciting thing I'm looking forward to with Daryl Sutter being back is the press conferences. No doubt about it. Right. I mean, this guy is the, the king of the deadpan it, no, no emotion on his face, but he'll say something absolutely hilarious that has the whole room just, you know, just busting a gut. And you wouldn't know he's saying something funny if you look at him the whole time because he's got that still that stoic, that usual uh, rigid looking face uh, on him the whole time. He's trying to say something funny. I mean, I posted a great YouTube video. Uh, check it out if you haven't. Okay. Sutter is. It's like the be the greatest hits of Daryl Sutter in his press conferences uh, it is great. There's one that they say, I'd like to score more than one goal. And then the reporter asks him, uh, what do you got to do to change that? Score two. He says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's it going to take to change that score two? <laughs> and then they say, yeah. and then he says, your team hasn't, the, during the Kings years, your team hasn't been in a game seven since 2002. How do you think they're, who cares? He says, who cares? What's so going to have a big announcement tomorrow that we haven't played a game seven. He says, yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah he I mean, and he says later on in the press conference, he, someone asks him, oh, how are you doing, Daryl? I'm doing good. I mean, I just found out a couple minutes ago here in the press conference. I haven't been in a game seven since 2002. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Jeez. I can't wait. <laughs> like he is just he's he's a beauty when it comes to the press yeah. conferences and I, i'm looking forward to a few more of those and uh yeah quirky i like what he said when uh uh someone on the kings i believe it was jared stole at the time was doing a car commercial and you know get your new tires here and, uh -huh. and daryl Sutter says yeah i saw the commercial and the first thing i thought is i'm going to make sure he gets me some tires for my tractor uh, <laughs> 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 it is a, and it's all in that video so check it out it's absolutely hysterical yeah you know it, it's, that's a, a Sutter trait too I mean I don't know how much you know about his brothers and stuff but I mean I I was talking with Brian Sutter uh for a story I was doing on Jake DeBrus because he coached Jake in the uh, WHL and it, it's just same thing just that tone that that you know deadpan dry sense of humor uh and and there was stuff like he would say and, and I almost wouldn't catch it. For, and then I'm like, oh, wait. And then I start, <laughs> he's like, and he'll be like, that went over your head, eh, Murph? <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how the whole Sutter family is. But no, Daryl Sutter would be, uh, that's an interesting one there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I don't not like the hiring or or the move. It's just, again, 
the timing is just so weird with the, you know, from Mark Bergevin firing a goalie coach in the second period uh, to, to, you know, Trey living doing this. I mean, what's with this guy? Like, I don't know what's going on. If maybe it's just because we're in the middle of the pandemic and everything is so condensed and everything's so fast paced. And maybe they've, they've sort of lost grip on how to handle things PR wise or, you know, the flow of, of news coming out of the, like, you know, you don't just sit there and you're sitting in the press box and you're like, let's fire him. Let's do, put it out there. Put the press release out. And that's what it seems like is going on right now. It's just like, what, you know, what are they having a couple pops at the bar? And like, you know what? F it. I want to fire him right now. You know what? Hey. <laughs> yeah. It feels that way. Like step judgment or something. Brad, yeah. Brad it's, it's, it's 3.30 a.m. Eastern time, 12.30 our time. I, I, I don't know if this is the best time to do it. Who cares? Get it out. And that's just what's going on right now. It's like a free for all out there. And I kind of feel for the coaches because that's just, you come off a win there. He's probably so, you know, relieved and, and elated that he finally, they finally had a resounding win like that. And, you know, that's probably the last thing in his head when he walked off the ice that he was walking into an ax. So it's just, I feel for Jeff Ward. He's a great guy. I don't really think he was given enough of a shot there. I don't, I honestly, I think I've said this before. I don't think any coaches should be fired during the season because it, it's sort of like a one-off and it is so unique. I, I just don't think it's fair to put it all in the coaches. And you know what I mean? It's just another GM right now. Look, I like Trey Living too, um, but it's just another GM trying to save his job and the coach is paying the price. And unfortunately, like they say, you can't fire the whole team because that's what really needs to happen in Calgary. Cause those guys, I, yeah, okay. They won last night, but when it comes down to it, they underachieved completely. And there is something fundamentally wrong, at least from the outside, this is how it looks. There's something fundamentally wrong in that dressing room right now. Uh, there isn't a lot of pride where I, you know, where I sit right now looking from afar and just watching the way they play. And like you mentioned the stuff the other night, it's just, that's what they need to look at right now. And, you know, I wonder, did he try to make a trade and that didn't work out? We've heard Sam Bennett, right? We, it looked like he's been out of here like at least three times. And I'm wondering, you know, because maybe a trade didn't work out, did he turn to the coaching change? Who knows? But Daryl Sutter's back, and the NHL recycling behind the bench continues. It is. Um, it's. It's to me. And it's a not the worst. Deal too. Not and just a three-year deal. This is not yeah. an interim situation. He yeah. is here for the long haul. He's here for three years. They brought. They obviously brought. They're going to pay him well. They yeah. brought him a, a deal that they felt was good enough to get him off that uh, Viking Alberta. A ranch of his on the, on the farm there, uh, and let's get back into action. And that's another reason I think he took this job. I think if it's any other job but Calgary, he might have said no, because I think proximity and being close to home matters a little bit to him. Uh, but right now, uh, I think we're looking at a situation where it was close to home, the money was good, even though he said years ago, I'm done after the L.A. Uh, end, tenure ended with the Kings. Even though he said at that point, I'm done with coaching, you know, there's never an offer that is uh, – too sweet or too ripe to pass up sometimes. And I think we're seeing that right now uh, with uh, Daryl Sutter accepting this job. And you're right. He's going to be demanding. He's going to demand a team game. That's the thing. He's going to demand a team game, team effort, commitment from the back end out, goaltending out. You know what those Kings teams were under Daryl Sutter. You know, it was be tight in your own zone, be strong defensively. If we win games two to one, three to one, who cares? We win the game. That's what matters. And we're going to start with our defense and our goaltending being the backbone of it. It's the way the Kings teams were under Daryl Sutter when they won the Stanley Cup. Even the Calgary teams in the early 2000s, that year they went to the Stanley Cup final, they weren't a potent offensive team. 
you know, they were a team that played, got goals when they needed it, relied on their, you know, Iginla and their stars up front to get big goals for them and then get good defense. And at that, that season in particular, Mika Kiprasov was one of the elite goalies in the NHL. And that's the, that's going to be the recipe now here in Calgary. So from a betting standpoint, as we transition now to how's this going to impact Calgary betting wise, I think unders, you know, are going to be the first thing that comes to mind with this team uh, in the short term uh, with Daryl Sutter on board and maybe even betting on Calgary, because I, I think, look, we know the LA situation and Daryl Sutter, as soon as he joined that team, there was an uptick in performance. There was a bump in this team's awareness, attention to detail and performance on the ice. It got better immediately, instantly in the first, you know, few weeks, first month or two that Daryl Sutter took over with the LA Kings. So I think Calgary could become a little bit of a bet on team in the short term and certainly maybe an under team as well. That's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would echo everything you just said there. I, I definitely – that was one of the immediate thoughts that came in when I, you know, I couldn't sleep last night. All of a sudden, I'm awake, laying awake, staring at the ceiling for three hours, so I started scrolling through Twitter, and I'm like, am I dreaming this? You know, and I saw that he was fired only – I think that must have been like – so I – it happened, what, around 12.30 Eastern, something like that? And so, yeah, well, yeah I, I think it started about 3.30 a.m. Um, but that was instantly the first thought I had, is they're, they're going to just – they're just going to commit to team defense – and, you know, that's what a team does, I think, uh, when they're struggling and they're trying to get out of a slump and turn things around. And then even more so as you go down the stretch. I mean, that's what we tend to see every year is the playoffs grow, you know, grow closer. You're going to see more tight defensive games. So, yeah, follow the under for sure with Calgary there. I'm just interested to see how he uses Sam Bennett now, um, you know, because he's kind of in and out of the doghouse of Jeff Ward. Uh, and uh, Brad Trelev, and I, I'm interested to see if A, he even remains there, um, and B, if he does, how they use him. Because, I mean, truth be told, every time he's been in the lineup, he hasn't been that bad. You know, like he comes back in and he has an impact. So uh, maybe Daryl Sutter's been doing some scouting of that, and he'll he'll start to use him more. Yeah, that's because Sam Bennett was a healthy scratch, you know, last night uh, against yep. Ottawa. And does he get back in the lineup with Sutter? Is there is this a last gasp? Is the ship sailed on Bennett's time in Calgary already? Have they already made up know. their mind? He's, He's going like to get eh? Are they going to let Sutter work with him and maybe yeah. see if they can find something, uh, another gear with for, for, out of Sam Bennett? I guess that's going to be the big decision. Uh, moving forward because you're right that guy should be better than he is for where he was drafted for the expectations and, and it just hasn't panned out so and Jacob Markstrom's back as well so that's another reason why I think this you know lower scoring ways for Calgary in the short term are going to be something that maybe takes a hold uh, of this team yeah they're going to have to rename the uh, uh, Eric Clapton song after midnight we can fire <laughs> Jack Ward yeah 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 after midnight yeah, because uh, that's exactly when it happened uh, on the East Coast anyway, uh, after midnight uh, that the uh, news came out that uh, Jeff Ward was fired and Daryl Sutter was his replacement. And yeah, I thought, and you made a point about the pandemic, and I thought for sure in a pandemic season like this, condensed season, unique for everybody, maybe this is a year you give your struggling team and your struggling head coach a little bit of leeway, a little bit of wiggle room, a little extra rope, you know, to maybe work through things. Apparently not <laughs> in a couple of these cities, nope. Uh, nope. Montreal and Calgary uh, specifically. So, uh, so much for that theory. Uh, not a shorter leash for some of these head coaches, uh, even in the middle of a condensed uh, season uh, caused by the pandemic. 
All right, so let's go to the Friday card. Let's break it down. We got six games on tap. We'll start with Washington, Boston, Bruins minus 130 to minus 140. Home favorites, six the total, shaded to the under in this one. What is it about Washington at TD Garden? I mean, they just play phenomenal and find ways to win against the Bruins at TD Garden. What is it, eight or nine, I think now, that they've won in Boston against this Bruins team? Uh, pull one out uh, the other night in a shootout uh, over the Bruins. So, uh, give the Capitals credit. It was one of those weird games. It was actually one of those sleeper, as in put you to sleep games for a while. The shots in that game were nine to six halfway through the hockey game. Like it yeah. was just very, very the dull. Bruins didn't, the Bruins didn't get a shot until uh, like four minutes left in the first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first period, they were just, I don't know what it was. It was like a force field, you know, yeah. in, in the uh, Washington zone, and they couldn't get through it and they couldn't get into it. Uh, so, from that standpoint, um, it's going to be a situation where I think at the when you look at it from a Bruins standpoint, I think generating a little bit more offense has to be your focus coming into tonight because you just didn't generate enough with the Capitals uh, in the first game. Uh, now you're going to try to get better in that regard here in the rematch. It's Vitek Vanacek once again in net here for the Capitals. Uh, Bruins going to go to Yaro Halak, though, tonight uh, in goal. I think this game opens up at least a little bit more. I do lean over the total of six tonight. I think Boston's going to try to, you know, at least – uh, be a little bit more assertive on the offensive end uh, and kind of like that after a really low scoring game, one game, I kind of look for the reverse to happen the next game. So I do like the over here. I do lean Boston. I kind of like think Boston has a chance to bounce back here, get the win, but I'm not in a rush to lay a buck 40, not with Washington's dominance of the Bruins here in TD garden. And Washington's been the team that's been on a little bit of a resurgence here. Their last few games uh, playing better hockey. So the lean is Bruins, but I'm going to leave that one alone. Just go with the over for me here in this game. What do you think, Jimmy? Capitals, Bruins. You know, whoop, am I muted? Nope. Okay. I didn't do it. There we go. <laughs> um, you know, the, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, the Capitals have always historically been a thorn in the Bruins side. Um, I, I think if you take back to even 2015, they've only beaten them like maybe once or twice at home there and maybe yeah, four times overall. So, I mean, they have had the Bruins number, uh, and a lot of that had to do with Braden Holpe. He's not there now, but, you know, uh, Vanacek's been pretty good. I mean, I know he blew that game, uh, that 5-3 game there, and he blew third-period lead. The Capitals ended up winning in overtime in the two games in Washington there. Uh, but he was solid the other night, and as you said, he didn't really get tested that much. Uh, you would think, yeah, the Bruins are going to open it up. I just don't know with who. Who, who are the Bruins opening it up with? I mean, uh, their, their depth scoring – has not been that great. It's been very inconsistent at best. Uh, you know, you know what you're going to get from Pasenak and Bergeron and Marshan, but you know, if the Bruins are going to hang with these clubs right now, and you look at the NHL standings, I mean, that that East Division is insanely tight right now. You've got the Capitals and the Islanders tied atop the the division right now with 30 points apiece. You've got the Flyers and the Bruins tied in second with 27 points, and then the Penguins are right there with 25. So uh, these games are getting really big. Um, I would think that the Bruins would come back, but I just don't see it right now. Ian, I'm going to go the other way. Uh, I like the, uh, the capitals in this one in regulation, uh, to beat the Bruins here. All right. Like in Washington in regulation, and you can get that at a near plus 200 price, uh, with the uh, capitals there uh, in regulation. So a really good price there uh, on Washington to get the job done in 60 minutes. I was on Washington the other night and, uh, you know, they got the job done and, uh, 
you know, the Bruins have been a little bit more erratic lately. They had the really bad games back-to-back yeah. against the Islanders and the Rangers. Now, they did bounce back. They won the second game against the Rangers. But uh, it's definitely been a little bit of a grind for this Boston team uh, in recent games. We'll see if they uh, get back in the win column tonight against Washington. Next up, we've got uh, Tampa Bay, Chicago. Uh, the Lightning minus 190 road favorites, total six across the board. Boy, I, I took a small piece of Chicago last night. Tough one to lose for them. I mean, they go up 2 nothing. Pat Kane gives them the second goal. He continues to be marvelous. But, boy, Tampa Bay just flipped it into another gear uh, in the third period. And next thing you know, 2 nothing becomes 2-1, becomes 2-2. Uh, and then the Lightning get the uh, win uh, in overtime, 3-2, come from behind win to beat the Blackhawks last night. And it kind of reminds me of Minnesota Vegas all over again. Chicago had Tampa Bay almost just about done. Tampa comes back, wins the game, and if now Chicago lets that game slip away from them, are they able to get it back here uh, in this second game against the uh, Lightning when you would think the Lightning are going to play a little bit better for the duration of the hockey game? That's the concern here. But I'll say this. I'm not one for moral victories. I said that on Twitter last night after the game ended. But I was very impressed with the Blackhawks. They actually outshot the Lightning. They had a few better chances than the Lightning did. They went toe-to-toe with the defending Stanley Cup champions. I don't know if there's much more of, of an eye test or a visual piece of evidence that can that, you, that Chicago can give anybody to tell them that, hey, this is legit, this run they're on right now. This is a legit season they're putting together. Uh, it's a good hockey team right now. I'm staying off the side. You know, it's obviously not going to be laying minus 190 or even the, like I say, the way Chicago played Tampa last night, I just don't think there's a lot of value with Tampa tonight. I don't know if I'm going to back Chicago either. But what I am going to be on is the over here tonight with Malcolm Subban and net uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. There could be a, a, a Curtis McElhaney sighting tonight for the Lightning as well uh, to give Vasilevsky a rest. And remember, these two teams play each other again uh, on Sunday afternoon, part of Hockey Day in America on NBC. So uh, this could be that start where you rest Vasilevsky on a back-to-back, keep him fresh for Sunday, go with McElhaney tonight. Hasn't been confirmed, but they are kind of projecting that McElhaney could be the goalie tonight. So, And he's been kind of not quite as sharp as he's been in years past in a backup role. You got saw the offenses get it going later in the game. It started out a very low scoring, scoreless after the first period last night, but then the offense started to roll after that. I really like this game over the total here, over 6 minus 110. I think we'll get more goals earlier in the game and, and enough to get that game over for the full game. Uh, Jimmy, what's your thoughts here with the uh, Lightning and the Blackhawks? You know what? I'm right there with you, and I, great minds think alike. I love the over in this game. I, I nailed the under last night. Um, I think it opens up. Legs will be a little tired, maybe some costly mistakes in the D zone, and uh, we see this game go over. Even I, I would take it regardless of who's in that. So, uh, make that an official play for me on the over. All right, Jimmy and I like an over six with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll move on to Minnesota, Arizona, the uh, uh, Terry Edelman special, I guess you could say, whenever we talk Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota minus 135 to minus 140 road favorites, total five and a half shaded to the under in this one. I think it's a pretty good spot for Minnesota. They're off the frustrating back-to-back -back road losses against Vegas. They should have won the first game. Vegas comes back in the third period. They win in overtime, uh, and then they just fall flat the second game. You know, they missed their chance to beat Vegas, and in the second game, Vegas was a lot better for the full 60 minutes, and they win 5-1 uh, in the rematch. Now Minnesota.